Hey guys, welcome to Heart to Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Caesar, and you are tuned in to episode 28. The ability to see our lives as stories and share those stories with others is at the core of what it means to be human. We use stories to order and make sense of our lives, to define who we are, even to construct our realities. This happened, then this happened, then this. I was, I am, I will be. We recount our dreams, narrate our days, and organize our memories into stories we tell others and ourselves. As natural-born storytellers, we respond to other stories because they are deeply, intimately familiar. John Capecci and Timothy Cage. I do believe that one of the biggest reasons why we cannot get enough of other people's personal stories, especially those ones that include pain, struggle, because it's at some point we can relate to the characters because we see ourselves in that story or we're just simply inspired. But one thing I have noticed out of anyone's great story, there's one common denominator, the main character always chooses how they're going to write the rest of the story. They don't allow the circumstance that put them in this fascinating tale to take charge or defeat them, but rather to be the driving force behind writing the rest of their story the way they want to. And that is what really inspires us and impacts others to do the same. And that is why, friends, I'm so honored to bring back my dear friend, Lacey Grijalva. Now, Lacey has been on the podcast. She's episode 12, Owning Her Truth. So if you all have not listened to that one, I do encourage you to tune into that one. Lacey has bravely returned back on the podcast to share a recent life-altering event. And through this, she has become empowered and awakened, found light where there was darkness, found joy where there was pain and found freedom where there was imprisonment. She's come out on the other side, not to live as she was, but to live her best life, to write the most amazing chapters ahead. She is unstoppable as she launches her newest mission, Project Freedom. I bring to you my conversation with the empowered and awakened Lacey Grijalva. In the first podcast that I was on, which thank you for having me on, that was just so freeing, both for myself and Carlos at that time. It was just something that we both talked about for months after about how how liberating it was for me to be able to share our truth and his truth through your podcast. And I remember him saying, even if it just helps one person or somebody can understand a little bit better about what people go through, he just was so excited to be able to share that. So thank you for that, that outlet and being able to share our story. So fast forward. So June 2nd, that morning, we lost Carlos. 
um, was probably one of the most, I think, awakening moments of my life, my kid's life. You realize that life just changes in moments. It's been really a journey to see like the strength that we have within ourselves when life-changing moments like that happen. We woke up that morning and we were just going about our day. Carlos had been dealing with some really intensive issues for months, but just in the last two weeks prior to that, he had been going through some really, really rough patches. And just with his own addiction, he really wanted to be a better person. And I think that's that's what the most difficult part of all this is, is that through his whole life, he really, really struggled with addiction. And he really wanted to be looked at as the person that he was and not let this disease define him. And was so it hard for him? Like, yeah. Was it hard for him to like find that person or bring that person because he was in because such? Because he, you know, for so long, if he'd go to the doctor or he'd just be somewhere where people knew about that part of his life, he always felt that that was the first thing that people would look at. They would look at him as an addict before a person. Mm. And so he really taught me to look at people for who they are and not if there's something that they're facing or something they're go going through or an illness they have to not really let that define them, that there's a person behind these things that they face. And I think that it weighed so heavy on his heart. And so he was really struggling with getting well and trying to really be a stronger person just in general in life. And so that morning he woke up and it wasn't anything where he took his own life, but with keeping the privacy of, you know, him and what he was going through, but still being very real and genuine. I tell people it was almost like the the calm before the storm. It was Tuesday that we sat in the in the family room and it was so calm and it was quiet and we watched a movie. And then Wednesday morning early, he just was in so much pain and just miserable. And it was within minutes that we were going to work and um, the kids were getting ready for school and I found him. And just, it was like in seconds, you realize that all of these horrible things that you're dealing with in life isn't really that bad. You know, that you, I feel like people in general are being so, I don't even know the right word. Like, I feel like we're being trained to have to live a certain life. And so it was like in seconds that you realize, like, all of those things that you think are important aren't. Because things happen so fast. And with a matter of minutes, he was gone. And in that moment, I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to breathe. I didn't know like how life was going to go on. I remember like everything being so dark and like hearing the paramedics and hearing people who were at the house and 
in my head wondering where are my kids and it's like I just found this inner strength where I knew that in some way he was at peace and in some way so were we and you just find this like inner strength to go on and to to be strong and and I think you know having the support system we had really helped I really believe that that in some of the most darkest moments in your life, you can always find the light. You can always find the strength that you need to move on. And I feel like in that moment that he passed, when I just had no idea how we were going to get past like this, this horrible event in our life, you just find it. You find, you find it within you and you know that you just have to go on. You have to go on for your kids. You have to go on for yourself. And I remember telling you that later on, after I had you know time to process all this, I really feel like in those moments, even though this was not a planned death, this was not a planned passing, but I really believe in those moments of Carlos passing that he not only you know was free, but I feel like he, in a sense, felt that with his passing, the kids and I were now free to live a life that wasn't going to involve the moments of, of, of darkness that, that he, unfortunately, we had to live with him. And we would do it a thousand times over, but I feel like he wanted us to live this life that he couldn't give us, you know, and he really tried. And after I realized that in his honor, we needed to go on. We need to go on and be happy and honor him and and cherish those moments that we had with him. And I think, you know, people see me and they see me out. They see me laughing. And I just feel like I had two choices in that moment. I could go into a deep depression and just be really sad and mourn him for the rest of my life. Or I could realize that through our kids, we are going to be connected forever. Through our love, we'll be connected eternally and cherish that and hold on to that and move on and go on with my life. And that's what I chose. I choose to, I choose to cherish every second I had with him and use that to give me the strength to go on. And I think that so many people can do that. It's hard for people to find out how to find those things to hold on to and move on with. It's hard to find the light in the darkness. And and I feel like if I can do it after being with somebody for 27 years and just us knowing each other and having just so much love within each other and then it's gone, it's possible though. It's possible to go on and find a life of happiness while still holding on to the love that you had with whoever it is, whether it's, you know, a grandparent, a father, a mother, a sibling, whatever it is, it's possible to move on and it's okay. You know, I think some people feel guilty. Like I can't be happy. This person's not here anymore. And, you know, in the end, Carlos wouldn't want me not to move on and be depressed or, or not be able to have fun or enjoy life. And I think that's what a lot of people really need to to find and be able to do and let go of the guilt of just feeling like you can't move on, whether it is like, even if it's not a death, maybe it's 
something in life that's happened to you and you feel guilty about moving on, I think that you need to let go of that and really look into yourself and realize you have one life. I realize we have one life and it can be taken in minutes. And if you don't live each day to the fullest, then for me, that's really sad. I really want to live the rest of my life each day like it's my last. And I hope that I can continue to do that. I know that I will have moments like now where I talk about him and it's, it's really sad. But, you know, as time goes on, I know I'll get stronger and I'll be able to embrace his death more than, you know, than look at something as so hurtful and, and hard to deal with still. Wow. Gosh, your healing journey is beautiful. Like, like as your close friend and when it all went down, I was like, oh my God, I don't think Lacey's ever going to come out of her house. <laughs> so I, I just, I really admire you. And um, it's in, like you mentioned, just the strength you, we don't realize we have until we're in that situation. And it's like, I'm choosing to live. And what would you say is like the one thing when it is unbearable and when no one's around for people that are grieving with, like you said, whatever loss, whether it's death, divorce, something to regret, you know, we all have that feeling where it aches so bad. What was like a remedy that you would do for yourself to help those moments that, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? You feel like mm-hmm. I can't breathe right now. How did you move past that? Um, I let myself have the moments. I didn't mm-hmm. tell myself I couldn't have them and I still do. So when, you know, when my kids are around, I still try to be really strong for them. You know, sometimes they'll be like, are you okay, mom? Are you crying? But mm-hmm. when I'm alone, I do. I have those moments where I just need to grieve him. I, mm-hmm. I think that if we, if we try to be strong all the time, at some point you're going to have a breakdown. Mm-hmm. So I allow myself to still grieve him. And whether it's, you know, holding a clothing item or um, staring at his pictures or whatever, or watching videos, I allow myself to have those moments because I realize, you know, he was such a huge part of my life. And if I don't learn to grieve him, then I can't move on. So I grieve and I cry and, you know, sometimes I get mad at him and, you know, whatever it is that I need to do to get through those moments. And then I was fortunate enough that Carlos left me hundreds of letters and tapes with his voice. And so I listen to those, but I, I give myself so much time. I think it's very easy to grieve and slip into a very deep, dark place. And so I don't allow myself to go there. I give myself whatever, an hour to sit there and, and cry and grieve and look at everything and be sad. And then after it, I just take a deep breath and just be thankful, you know, think of all the good things that I did get out of it, that we did have together and laugh and find something funny that I can remember that we did or some inside joke that he carried to the grave and I'll carry to the grave that we had and, and just laugh. And then after that, I just surround myself with positivity, whether it's hanging out with friends or going on a walk with the kids. It's almost like a workout. You know, you do your pre-workout where you, where you pump yourself up and then you do your workout and then you do your cool down. So it's, for me, it's almost like a workout. I do my 
you know, my grieving and then I allow myself to cool down and then, and then I go and heal with whatever it is that I choose to do in that moment. And for me, it's really worked. I thank God I haven't slept into a deep, dark place and I continue to grieve and find something positive out of that moment and then move on. Whatever it is that I have to do next, I do. And, and it's a process. It's a process for everybody. I think everybody needs to find their flow, but it's possible to find healing in death or find some kind of joy and loss. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Tell me about the awakened version of yourself that you had this realization. How would you describe the awakened Lacey post Carlos's death? So I remember just like everybody would come to me and they would say, oh, I, I felt Carlos or I had this dream. And I remember being like super mad. Well, I don't feel him and I don't have any dreams. We had this one of our inside things for years. He would walk by me and just like touch, just touch me. And then he'd check to make sure I had goosebumps. And I used to tease him, well, if I don't have goosebumps, then then for sure, you know, we're over. Like, I'm so over you. And he did it even up until like the last week of his death. I was in the kitchen and he just like would touch my arm and then go back and make sure I had goosebumps. And so I remember telling, I think it was my brother, you know, well, if I felt him, I know I would have goosebumps. So I know he's not around. And then I kept thinking, we had this like strong connection. Like, why am I not feeling him? What is going on? And, and I just, one day it came to me, I realized that he knows. That if I felt an ounce of him around me, there was, there'd be no way I could move on. Because he knows that I would hold on to that, like, that hope, even though in my head, I know he's not coming back. But if I felt him around, there would just be that hope. And I know he knows that there's no way I can even feel him right now because it would be way too hard. When I realized that, I felt like I just needed to move on with my life and and find some kind of way to heal and help others. So when I started reading letters from him and listening, this word freedom kept coming up all the time. He would say he just wanted to be free from this, or it was just like this theme. And I knew that I had to do something in honor of him that had to do with freedom. And I just one day woke up and was just thankful for another day. Thank you for being healthy. Thank you for my kids being healthy. And it sounds really crazy or whatever, but it was like an awakening. I decided I was going to start just living this life of, of freedom. For so long, my life was Carlos. It was Carlos. 27 years, it was him. And there are no regrets to that. I would do it over a thousand times. But, but because this is my new life, I wanted it to be a life about Lacey and wow. the kids. And so I had never really focused on me, on doing things to make me happy. So I just decided every day is going to be a new day and I'm going to live this life out as my best life. And 
what that meant. I wasn't sure, but I knew it had to include something about helping others. And so I came up with this idea of freedom and using Carlos's story in connection with others to, to storytell how others have found freedom in whatever life barriers have given them. So whether it's addiction, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's uh, divorce, mental health. So in talking with the girls, we came up with this and we've had to revamp it a couple times, but we're going to launch it and it will start with Bailey. September and Bailey 2nd. is Lacey's daughter. Yes, yeah. Bailey's Bailey. my daughter. Yeah. And she's going to be the first person on there talking about how she's found freedom through issues that she's had with mental health. And I really think that it's going to be powerful and people are going to be able to relate to it and hopefully either help other people on their journey to freedom or get them started mm-hmm. in some way. And when and it will all be in honor of Crows. Huh? It, when are you launching it? So September 2nd will be the first one. September 2nd. Well, I cannot wait. And people yeah. can find, find freedom. How can they start to tune in? Of course, I'm going to all over my social media. Yeah. <laughs> so how- it will be Instagram live and we'll put it on Facebook too. It will be a place where people can see us. And if you don't catch the live, Teresa's taught me how to put the video <laughs> up and we'll put the video up so people can reflect back to it or use it as a resource. And we'll have a bunch of different people on there, including some people who have dealt with grief and loss and their journey to freedom And I just think it's going to be really powerful and can help a lot of people. And that's the goal, to really give people a perspective on these different topics and really help people to find their freedom. Because I swear, once you live in it and you start the journey, it is the most refreshing awakening anybody can have. And I feel like I'm living, I am living my best life right now. Wow, that is incredible, Lacey. It's it's exciting. I honor you and I'm grateful to be part of your second chapter life you journey. <laughs> we have lots to do together, people. Hey, you you were part of the first chapter, now you're part of the second. I gotta be on all I'm gonna be on all the chapters, whether I'm invited or not. <laughs> up in your book. <laughs> I'm gonna be a character in that book of yours. <laughs> You'll be in every chapter. I'm like, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> girl I love it well I have to say you are glowing and already I can relate to a time where I didn't feel free and and you're right it's like this liberating awakening all of it in one and I love 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 freedom coming to light in September because so many people like you said will be activated inspired so I'm going to uh, close it up with traditional ending questions. We're going to lighten okay. it up a bit with okay. the, the first one, girlfriend. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? I'm dying to know. <laughs> well, in my awakening, just kidding. Ooh, tell me, tell me what happened. Is this an awakening crush? <laughs> that was, you know, this was a really hard question because I feel, I feel like There's I so have a lot. Are you in love with a lot hard of to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> But so I, I narrowed it down and I came up with Charlie. Okay. I'm going to say his last name wrong. Hunnam. Have you heard of him? Oh, okay. Is this the one? Is he the one that's from the, what show? 
The Sons of Anarchy. Oh, you showed me him, girl. I did. I did. <laughs> you all need to look him up. And if you're a guy, you'll still think he's cute. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what side of the fence you play on. <laughs> yeah, he's hot. No, totally. He is super hot. It was We're really gonna- hard. I, I, Vin Diesel's really cute, too. But I think I think that Charlie. I'll go with Charlie. Charlie, Charlie if you're listening. Lacey. Did you have a freedom story to be on her show? Charlie, hit me up, Charlie. Hit her up. Be in her next chapter. She's looking for a Charlie. You could be oh in the my. climax. The climax. Oh my god, I'm dying. Oh my goodness. And I love it so much. Charlie. All right. Next question. What inspires you? My kids. They inspire me every day to be stronger, just a better human. They're just so inspirational to me. Their innocence, their love, and they definitely are my inspiration every day. Beautiful. I wish I could say the same. Might <laughs> 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 be driving me crazy. I feel bad. Is it bad that I don't <laughs> Okay. And the last question, what do you believe? So I believe that I can find happiness even in my most darkest of moments. Ooh. And I believe that for everybody. And it's hard to even fathom like when you are in... I mean, there's people who have probably been in like even darker moments than I have, but I truly believe that even in those most darkest of moments that you can find happiness. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lacey Grijalva. Remember to rate, hit subscribe, And tell your friends about Heart to Talk, the podcast. Also, if you have an inspiring story or you are in the zone of genius of health, wellness, spirituality, you're all about uplifting and you want to be on, definitely reach out. I'm always wanting to link and build an inspired community with relatable topics and relatable people. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook for updates about other podcasts and projects that I'm involved with. Otherwise, y'all, I'll be back in two weeks.